welcome to Buenta Vista, episode 119. Uh, I'm Andrew, and I'm here riding aboard a beautiful train. That's right, a locomotive. We're going on a cross-country journey. Uh, it's very soothing. Very soothing indeed. Mm. I'm here on this beautiful train with my friend Lucy. Hi, Lucy. That's, that's nice. I like trains. Oh, it's nice. Why is it the why are trains the the leftist mode of transport? Is it just uh, because? I mean, they're better than cars, right? They're Very energy much. efficient. You can fit energy a lot efficient. of people on them. Uh, they go to cool places. They mm-hmm. have a quiet carriage. I like that. Mm. Mm. And just just generally, nerds love them. Is yeah. That, yeah. Just Keanu a lot of Reeves going uses for them. Does he? Yeah, yeah, he's a big big subway rider. Big train head? Yeah. Huh. Wow. Why not? Imagine just seeing that guy on the subway. What a dream. Hmm. I probably mm. wouldn't talk to him, but it would be cool. Maybe, Maybe try and get a cheeky nod in, you know? Mm. Yeah. I wouldn't want to He'd bother nod him. Back. He'd be up He'd absolutely that. nod back. Yeah. Just seems like one of one of Hollywood's true nice guys, you know? We'll see about that. Hmm. Speaking of Hollywood's true nice guys, here's Theo. Hi, Theo. Hey. Uh, how's very how's Hollywood? Me. <laughs> uh, it's the uh, city of archers, baby. The loving it. <laughs> <laughs> you got city. that sign up on the on the hill. Got H O L and all the rest. Loving all it the rest. You guys probably know how to spell it. Seems like they doubled up on L's and O's when they didn't really need to. No, you know? could have just gone with Holywood, and it would have been fine. You get the picture, you know? Close enough. I wish I didn't. (laughs) Close enough for government work. Oh, my God. Speaking of um, government work, you know, we like to pay our politicians a lot of money. Uh, And when I say we like to, I Mm. mean they get to vote for their pay rises and we don't really get a say in them. Mm. Hmm. But they Uh, don't do that very often, right? It's not like they're just like consistently raising their own wages no it's definitely for not. arbitrary reasons <laughs> it's definitely not a twice yearly thing uh this seems to happen constantly and strangely enough the only thing that we can get real bipartisan support about from two major parties <laughs> god Shocking. bless them they're just like the rest of us <laughs> like why don't we put our differences aside and vote on this 15 percent pay rise on our enormous shit and of course, um, you get what you pay for. You get what you pay for when you pay um, enormous backbencher starting salaries of like whatever it is now, seven hundred grand or something oh absurd. No, it's no. like two hundred fifty or three hundred thousand. No. One I was thinking of Tony. Dollars. I was thinking of Tony Abbott with his all of his stacked on. I was the PM one time, so I get extra money, kind of deal. I mean, if you include all the property that you know. National senators are purchasing along yet to be released development tracts. It probably goes up to that much, but I assume that doesn't appear on their uh, on their income statements. Uh, no, you'd hope that that was uh, right offable, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, apparently, the basic salary for a senator it's is one hundred thirty-six thousand right? dollars. Oh, I thought it was. Oh, that's more from than August that. twenty ten. Update mm. the goddamn documents. Parliament I thought has, it was you know? around two hundred thousand. I could 207, be Two hundred seven thousand from the first of July twenty eighteen. What? There it is. It's like a seventy percent increase. I'm going to go with. Yeah, sounds good to me. The I'm guy who cannot do numbers. 
That probably doesn't include all of their travel allowances. Oh et God, cetera. no! That's that's the that's the base, and they don't fucking pay for anything on top. All of mm. their Comcare hire, all of their <sighs> all their pension stuff. Not a not a fifteen thousand dollar internet bill or whatever that was. I believe 50, that was, was it, it was like forty thousand dollars. Forty thousand. Uh, for long-time Dunderhead Stuart Robert MP. The robo-debt guy. The guy currently trying to recover debts <laughs> from the poorest people in Australia. Yep. Um, Just he also He's also the guy who um, went to... When he was defence minister, he went to China without telling anyone and then took uh, unsolicited gifts of a bunch of Rolexes and came <laughs> back and gave them to people like the prime minister. Cool. I now, a Rolex cool. is something worth more than my life, right? <laughs> um, yes, and it's definitely not something you can plant some type of listening device into. <laughs> so, anyway, you get what you pay for. You get the big guns. You get the smartest people in the room. You get people like Senator James McGrath from the Nationals. Now, did you say McGrath? No, I don't want to get into it, really. McGrath. <laughs> McGrath. I'm going with McGrath. I'm going with McGrath. Mm. Is it not silent? Is it not like cricketer Glenn McGrath? I feel, I feel like also McGrath. <laughs> let's not get into cricketer let's, Glenn McGrath. Simply not. <laughs> Long-time listeners of the show will know that this has been a long-running issue. And I'll be honest, it feels like one of these ones where uh, I cannot win. <laughs> no matter which way, no matter which way I said it, someone was going to say that's absolutely not how you say it. Senator James McGraw. I'm pretty certain there's one very easy and correct way to pronounce all of this. Hmm. But we're not going to let you have it. He's not worth it. Guess we'll never know. I don't respect him enough to care about it. Hey, would you like to hear this guy's um, Twitter bio? I would. Hmm. Cheerfully liberal, national, and Tory. Those are words... Milo and ice cream, rum and coke, beer-battered chips are evil, chairman of the Bill Shorten Appreciation Society. Absolutely the words of a grown man. Now, can you just draw your eyes down on that page very, very slightly, Andrew? Mm -hmm. Can you just read out his location there that he's placed on Twitter? Oh, he's, he's dropped a pin for... He's dropped a pin. On the road in Queensland. Hmm. Mm. Very apropos. <laughs> the man <laughs> likes to likes to drive around. Hmm. What's he been getting up to lately, Theo? Well, you know what else is on the road, Andrew? What? Uh, I would say the hundreds of animals that he has killed <laughs> in his car. <laughs> well, at least he hasn't chosen to say, document every one of those instances and oh. share it on social media. Au contraire. Tugging, tugging at my collar. Oh, tugging so, at my collar. so a couple of people have pointed this out, um, but um, shout-outs to Matt on Twitter who has put together a wonderfully comprehensive thread of uh, all of the things nabbed from Senator James McGrath's um, Facebook feed. And I'm going to have to you describe You just said some, it with a T and an H. I believe so. That's right. They're in there. They're in the word. God um, damn it. I'm... Um, and I'm going to have to, because we're a podcast, this is a purely, uh, purely oral uh, mean here, um, I'm going to have to describe these through the magic of language. Um, so I'm looking at, first of all, I'm looking at a 
car or a four-wheel drive grill, I believe. And there are two uh, small, extremely cute birds who have been very much demolished by uh, Senator McGrath's uh, vehicle. Uh, and he says, uh, I think dinner tonight has been sorted thanks to my bull bar. Hmm. Suggestions who- for how to cook the roadkill? Who wouldn't love to eat, um, like, an obliterated galah pulled out oh, of their front this bumper? Is, this, is even, this is just, like, pigeons or minor birds. Utterly in, insubstantial. You could not make a meal out of it. What is wrong with this man? Oh, Lucy, just hold on, because... <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't get triggered already. You know? I am triggered. Ugh. Um, that was uh, 25th of September 2017. On the 9th of July 2018, uh, we've got a a picture of what appears to be some panel on his car, very severely dinted. Uh, Rue V car equals draw. The Land Cruiser won the other five Rue hits last night. I, I so ran over six kangaroos in one night. Six kangaroos, five of them died. <sighs> one of them... Dinted his car. First uh, of December, twenty eighteen. Uh, now this is a photo of him meeting up with a, a bunch of extremely ancient, horrible-looking people, and uh, it's lovely to join the LNP Liberal National Party Metro North Women's Branch for the Christmas party. Now off to Bundaberg. Watch out, prospective roadkill. What the fuck? <laughs> what is wrong with this guy? 8th of May, 2017. Uh, this is a photo of many, many, uh, looks like cockatoos or corellas in the air. Um, I'm going to assume that a uh, photo supplied James McGrath. Um, while we all wait for the budget, Tuesday night, 1930, in case you're wondering, that's, uh, all right, that's reference clearly. That means 930. Mm-hmm. Um, Oh, 7.30 at night. So, yes. Oh, look, I've had a very hard week, all right? That's uh, the these, one. <laughs> Well, we all wait for the budget. Uh, these feathered menaces destroyed any chance of a Sunday morning nap back home. Andrew can go off, right? Am I, am I right? Is Andrew, about you, about you, cockatoos? I am, cockatoos? I am frequently menaced by cockatoos, but oh, okay. only during the height of cockatoo season. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you what, they've got a right to be here. Right. They do well, not. I agree with him, which I'm going to assume that he is very anti-cockatoo. Okay, National Senator Lucy (laughs) Valentine. (laughs) The little feckers are also slowly killing a couple of silky Just swear like an adult, you fucking prick. Uh, Anyone who thinks cockatoos are cute needs their head read by a suitably qualified medical professional. Now, they did just destroy all of our snow peas, so maybe he's got a point. This man hates birds. He no hates thinks, them so much. No one thinks they're cute. They're terrifying. <laughs> they have big talons and they could just oh, shear like, through your finger like oh, a I soft sausage. Them. I'm getting there's, a murderous vibe. There's one at, um, there's a cockatoo that's a pet at uh, Nielsen's Nursery down in Logan Home for any Brisbane folk. Um, and he's, uh, he's in a cage. He's in the middle of the, uh, middle of the nursery all the time. And whenever you walk near him, he asks for a scratch. And I give he it to sounds him because nice. I'm not a monster. Who you know who is a monster though is Senator James McGrath. Uh, there's a photo here, and this is the most disturbing one. I'm I'm very sorry for this visage, but it is a full size cockatoo, which is absolutely massive. They're it has a big been, bird. 
it has been genuinely mashed between uh, his roof racks. Um, just really caught up in in there. Is he doing this for fun? Car one, flock of cockatoos, zero. So kind of for sport, one can assume. Um, In uh, (laughs) February 2017, uh, February 27th, 2018, on Twitter this time, he posts, brilliant, three of my favorite things rolled into one book. And this is a book called The Game Cook. Um, by Norman Tebbit. Uh, he says, uh, Lord Tebbit, dead things and recipes. Uh, on 25th of October, 2017, um, a photo of a, uh, looks like a deer, no, sorry, I'm going to go with a uh, goat's head um, mounted on the ground, this is a, a taxidermied goat's head. Um, I think I have a problem. Meet Billy. I picked up Billy at a gimpy clearing sale. Billy will be joining Porky the Bear and Red the Deer in Canberra as part of my Queensland High Commission and Dead Animal oh, Zoo. You do have a problem. You've got so many. Um, <laughs> 27th of November, 2018. Uh, this, is a, this is the photo I sent into the group chat of, of him... Uh, looking like an absolute spud in a suit. Uh, the only good shark is one that is served with chips and a light dusting of salt. Uh, it's 17th of November, 2018. This just passed at LNP State Council in Bundaberg, and he's referring to a um, order for crocodile culling. The only good crocodile is a pair of boots. Fact. Um, 12th of February, 2018. <laughs> this, is a fo- this is a photo of his uh, Canberra office. Uh, and there are this is, these are the heads mounted uh, on there, and with Darth Vader in the background. Darth Vader has been joined by some mates in my Canberra office. If this doesn't act as a greeny repellent, then I really need to try a lot harder. You know, just outwardly appearing like an absolute murderer. Um, like it's it's not it's not the appearing like an absolute murderer part to me. It's that it's just. All of this is is would be like just if if you were from this dude's electorate, imagine being like, ah, yeah. I've I am being represented by a literal child. Like when you when you hear conservatives talk about like the left being all about grievance politics and like identity politics, mm. and this guy's entire personality is apparently murdering like gle- gleefully reveling in things that he thinks will upset other people. Mm. It's also that's just about a it. basic serial killer profile. A hundred percent. It's like a it's very relishing and murdering little animals. I mean, like, like you know, I'm, I'm, like we've all been driving a car on a highway and had like a a bird fly out in front of the car and get clocked or something it. like oh. that. Yeah, like I've I've it done that. And like feel f- terrible. Driv- driven over like a nice bird and seen like a puff of colourful feathers and come out of the go, back of the car and you go oh and like I didn't I didn't like go home and cry. I didn't have to get therapy for my PTSD. I didn't lose a bunch of sleep or anything. But I was like oh fuck. That was a nice little animal, and it just got obliterated. How often would you say this happens to you, Andrew? Well, I guess uh, I'm not on the road all the time. Mm, This guy must be on the road quite a lot. Must be on the road a little too much. I don't know. Um, 
But also, yeah, like hitting kangaroos and stuff is also just gross. Like, oh, it's disgusting. It's very awful. unpleasant experience to hit an animal that large in your car. I don't know, just uh, just something about the entire thing to me. Like, I guess I guess it strikes me as being very much like the um, like the whole Barnaby Joyce type thing of it's just cosplaying. Like the the entire thing just seems like this incredibly fake projected personality of ah oh, I'm a hard man who doesn't mm. care about animals and yeah. feelings and all this sort of stuff. Born look on at, a mountain, raised in a cave. Yeah, look at a fucking picture of this guy, and it it just looks like a fucking baby with Benjamin Button's disease. Like he's an adult lo- baby. He looks like he wears big nappies. <laughs> and everybody's everybody's seen everybody has seen those kids. Um, there there are those children, including babies, uh, who have like very very aged before their oh, yeah, time yeah. faces. Extre- extreme adultitis. Yeah, where really. you're like, oh, why does this why does this child look like a wizened fifty year old man? <laughs> mm. But in the opposite direction, um, you get people who have like that child star face of looked too much like a child when you were a child and then never stopped looking like a child. I think he had both. I think he was a baby that looked like an adult man and his face has never changed. Yep. Like mm. when you see um like when you see people with their kids and they've just dressed their kids to look exactly like them. So the kids are wearing like a little polo shirt and tan cargo shorts. Yeah, I mean I'm they- still doing that. They have their hair spiked up with gel. I love that shit. I live for it. <laughs> oh, and all that sort of stuff. It's Little terrible. Kids like, in a this Calvin is- Klein polo. Hilarious. This is what an adult looks like, they say. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like, honest to God, pause the podcast uh, and look up Senator James McGrath Bird on Twitter. Extraordinaire. Look at the photo of this dude, and he just has that person who somehow is like 45 years old and has the face of um like a a child who is eight years old and gets wedgies from the bigger kids and yeah like barnaby joyce with his whole ah i'm a farmer from on the land and i i'm a sheep shearing man and you look into his actual history and it's like he was an accountant, and then he became a politician so that he could rip people off. You got to do it in Queensland. You got to take on this bullshit persona. My RM Williams, putting on my RM Williams, and my me Cobra, getting out my bullwhip <sighs> because I'm George Christensen. There's someone I'm glad we just don't seem to hear anything about anymore. But he Thank still God. exists. Yeah, and he's he does. still in office. He's out there. But yeah, flagellating it just, himself. It just seems like such a thing for members of the National Party to have this whole, like, their entire personality is is based on the premise of, ah, I, I want the things I say and do to hurt someone's feelings, but they're all in a way, they're all in a way that still leads you to do things like, say, fecking yeah. mm. about animals. Yeah, because you couldn't possibly swear yeah, because while being the guy that, you know doesn't care who he offends yeah yeah exactly you're so busy triggering people but you also can't be an adult who says fuck grow up god forbid hmm. if i For haven't once- offended you yet please take a number and i'll get to you <laughs> 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 he's one of those guys 
An equal opportunity offender. I hate everyone equally. (laughs) (laughs) What else has he got, Theo? Does he keep going? No, that's that's it. We've reached we've reached the end of what I would say is the documented. (laughs) Why do we have these people? We just have so many of these characters. Oh, they're characters, aren't they? They are bloody Uh, characters. Larrikins. Out there just stepping into their gigantic four-wheel drives and just mowing down animals like any Australian would. It's a bloody Australian way. So he is exactly 45. Spot on. Spot on Hmm. with that guess, folks. Hmm. Um, I was just curious. um, Oh, you know what? We completely forgot about this guy. What did we forget? Oh, here's our here's our international link with our friends over at the Trash Future podcast. Uh, McGrath was born in Toowoomba and graduated from Griffith University with a Bachelor of Law, mm-hmm. and from yep. Queensland Checks University out. of Technology with a Master of Laws. Of course, yeah, love that, yep. love that real salt of the earth. Although he mm. absolutely appears to be a UQ student, oh, this is <laughs> not quite so, gelling for me. Yet again, yet another of these fucking people who run for the National Party and want to talk about being like salt of the earth, farmers on the road and everything. And they're all fucking lawyers. Fucking all lawyers. He was admitted as a solicitor and worked as an articled clerk in a legal firm before working with the Queensland Parliamentary Ombudsman. McGrath is a former political strategist who worked with Linton Crosby on Boris Johnson's 2008 London mayoral campaign until June 2008 when he was forced to resign after saying of Afro-Caribbean immigrants, let them go if they don't like it here. (laughs) You love to see someone getting fired from fucking Boris Johnson's campaign for being too racist. Too racist for Boris Johnson. Uh, Joris Bonson. Oh, I gotta get the audio clip. You, you got him. Also, I I imagine there's at least like forty listeners out there that are just scratching their heads until they bleed at this point. Um, that we are continuing to say at McGrath, and it's not going to change now. It's not getting any better. No. <sighs> I hope we have 40 listeners. That's, <laughs> it's got to be nice. by now, right? Sure. We're working pretty hard on this. Um, but it's good to see that his Wikipedia page has already been updated with the cockatoo controversy. Oh. <laughs> That's good to know. Yeah. Which led to his widespread condemnation online. Oh, what a piece of shit. But mm. speaking That's of being out on the road in the outback, um, here we are. On our train, it's all going great. Oh, feel some little butterflies in my tummy. Mm. That's mm. no good. Uh, seems like all the bathrooms are occupied. Oh no, I don't like this scenario. <laughs> on this, the Indian Pacific train between Sydney and Perth. That's a uh, fucking long try. <laughs> <laughs> What's well, Sydney to Perth? Oh boy. <laughs> Woo! Yes, I am, of course, talking about um, the train at the center of a severe gastro outbreak, (laughs) which saw 100 people fall ill over a month-long period. And it's finally arrived in Perth. 
There have been 100 cases of suspected gastro on the Indian Pacific train between Sydney and Perth throughout September, with the most recent case reported <laughs> last Monday. Two people were hospitalized as a result of the illness. Oh. This is my nightmare. What, a, what an awful thing to think about. Oh, God. Train bathrooms. Oh, my goodness. And apparently what they've been doing with people is... So, like, like I said, a month... A month of 100 cases of like hardcore gastro on a train and it's because they have um uh it's because of what do you call it the nova virus What's that? is is on this fucking train um and like it it, it winds up giving everybody gastro <laughs> Um, not sorry, not norovirus. Oh, I was not like, what is the novovirus? What is this the wild novovirus? The novovirus. It's Nuvo the latest norovirus. Also, oh, just put, like to point out that uh, every time that I've had gastro, I want the distance from me uh, between like me, my bed, and my toilet to be approximately like forty centimeters, mm. just in case, just to account for like any opportunity. I will point out. That the uh, Indian Pacific takes three days to complete its journey from Sydney to Perth, during which time, if you have gastro, uh, you are almost certainly like hunched over if you're lucky. Um, a horrible toilet. Well, it's already been gastroed already. Uh. Like, just just hugging on for dear life while your train travels from nowhere to nowhere in nowhere and you beg for death well apparently the norovirus um like it's it's one of these things that gets into the actual environment of the place that mm, it's being like, contracted like legionnaires yeah like like into the fabric of the seats and all of that sort of stuff god what a nightmare and so what they actually need to do is decommission this fucking thing <laughs> and go through like they need to take everybody off of it and they need to go through and like steam clean all of the chairs and all of the carpets in one go Just and disinfect it. everything in Start one go. Over. But they haven't been doing that. What they've been doing instead is if somebody is sick enough, they will stop and throw them off the train into the nearest local hospital. Everybody else, they've just been locking them into their rooms. <laughs> what? So, so, so you've decided to take a four-day-long train ride from Sydney to Perth. See the sights. Um, you contract a horrible <laughs> case of gastroenteritis on account of them not cleaning the train out, um, which apparently... Due to the numbers of people getting this, 100 confirmed cases in one month. Imagine a restaurant getting 100 cases of gastro in a month and not closing down. Imagine you were halfway through the month and you were like, um, you know, a service person on that train. And you're like, please, 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 you have to, you've got to listen to me. You've got to shut this train down and just... Meanwhile, chaos is just breaking please, out around. Please, just, just huge shitting trails up and down <laughs> the narrow hallways. We're, half, we're like, halfway through the month, and two people a day have been getting gastro. He's like locked himself in the crew cabin while sweaty hands of passengers press up against the glass windows. Oh. They scream for help, but no one's listening. 
just barricading them all into their rooms like <laughs> like people in a movie who've gotten a zombie bite on the hand. Except they're just <laughs> What else are we going to do? <laughs> oh god. What this Snowpiercer ass train. Oh. <laughs> um South Australian Health Communicable Disease Control Branch Director Dr. Louise Flood told the ABC that Great Southern Rail had taken serious steps to control the outbreak. Uh, quote, we've been providing <laughs> advice around infection control. So things like cleaning, availability of hand hygiene, making sure they have appropriate protocols in place, hmm. like fucking locking you in your room. Yeah. And making sure the passengers and staff know about the outbreak. I feel like they know. So when someone shits like half of their body out, <laughs> <laughs> just empty themselves like a like a rapidly shrinking husk into this, you know, not large enough toilet, you have to be assured that a staff member will be around to flush it after you're done. Yeah, and that's but, that. It's problem solved, basically. But in their defense, it sounds like they've put out several more dispensers of hand sanitizer. <laughs> They're doing their best. Yeah. And they wipe those they down, you know, once every, once every week or so. Uh, a Great Southern Rail representative said that passengers were the priority. The health and well-being of our guests is paramount, and we have acted quickly to respond to this situation, including communicating with all those on board our recent journeys. On advice from SA Health, <laughs> we have taken every available measure to control the spread. That is not true. You hang have on, not, hang on. You have not evacuated the train and set fire to it. But so. also, they say they're communicating it to passengers on the train. Is that while they're on the train? Well, like, once, you, once you're on, like, as soon as the train's leaving over. the station. Right, thanks, everybody, for joining us on the uh, India Express. Your next stop will be in approximately 18 hours in Kalgoorlie. Uh, by the way, there is an absolutely flesh-rending virus <laughs> passing through the trade, causing all visitors to uh, just turn themselves inside out with puke and vomit. Uh, so if you can avoid uh, touching anybody, talking to anybody, touching door handles, going inside, going outside, uh, so that you can save yourself from this virus, which has already hospitalized several people, uh, that would be best. Thank you. Uh, please avoid all contact with seats during this four-day <laughs> journey. Uh, so they say, they say, on advice from SA Health, we have taken every available measure to control the spread, including boosting our existing high standard hygiene practices, which have apparently led to 100 gastro cases mm. in a month, removing affected carriages and implementing heavy duty cleaning at all stops. Oh, <laughs> like, you so just imagine disgusting. at every stop, at every stop, people are like staggering out, oh, clutching their stomachs <laughs> as people in hazmat suits drag fire hoses in through the open <laughs> just doors. Just it all out. Oh, God. Oh. Do, you go, do you guys ever play Theme Hospital? No, but this sounds no. like that. It's a it's a wonderful game, but there was this point um, that like a lot of hospitals when you're playing would cross where so like in the AI for for the um, um, patients they would often get, they get sick and they throw up. But if another AI saw someone throw up or they saw the puke that had been thrown up, they too would throw up and it would just start <laughs> this like horrible like rippling disaster through your entire hospital. Uh, just, just just uh, thinking of that for no reason. I need like first person accounts of this. Well, <laughs> lucky waiting. lucky you ask. Oh. Lucky you ask because when I was looking at this story on WA today, 
Um, I looked up at the top of the page to see the three tags that this story was filed under, which were national, WA, and illness. <laughs> uh, One of the times that you actually need the Bunta Vista um, IBS, IBS tag. tag yes. <laughs> uh, I immediately clicked on the illness tag. <laughs> And was met with the headline, I was throwing up everywhere. Sydney woman hospitalized in mass gastro outbreak on luxury train. Which is a beautiful headline. Oh, lovely. Uh, um, all of the other pieces under this uh, thing are about everybody in Brisbane getting measles, apparently. Health authorities issue measles alert for Brisbane. Theo. Hey, don't look at me. I have probably the vaccine... Maybe. <laughs> I don't follow any of this stuff up. Sydney woman Leslie Thompson was enthusiastic about her journey across the heart of Australia when she stepped onto the Indian Pacific train with her sister Pam last month. But in less than 24 hours, the elderly woman was being rushed to hospital in an ambulance, struck down with a, quote, vile case of gastro that began to cause trouble with her heart. Mrs. Thompson is one of at least 100 passengers to have fallen ill in a mass outbreak of norovirus, God, a form imagine, of gastro. shitting so hard you gave yourself a heart attack. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, that's already a Parks and Rec punchline. Oh. The 80-year-old from Greenwich on Sydney's North Shore was relieved that she was oh, in good health him. with no pre-existing heart problems and has been able to recover from her ordeal. If I'd have had something wrong with my heart, it might not have been such a happy outcome, she said. Is going to, to hospital in an ambulance for your explosive shitting a happy outcome? Who can I'm going to go with a no. Especially when um, I did crack open the old uh, Alma Travel website to try and check out the ticket prices for this. I was just doing this right now as soon as you said she was from the North Shore. Yep. <laughs> It is conceivable for somebody if they were to, during peak season, get a sole occupancy uh, carriage for themselves, platinum service. You could well have spent seven thousand, sorry, seventeen thousand oh, dollars on an eight-day trip in which you were confined to a cabin, shitting your guts out the entire time. <laughs> Why do boomers love this shit? They love this shit, and they love going on cruises. Where you just cru cruises also are also like the diarrhea yourself. capital of oh, the world, right? They are the right? diarrhea capital, and all you do is sit in a room. Yeah, trying not to contract the gastro that everyone else has got. Mm -hmm. There's so many cases of those where they're like, horrifying vomit and diarrhea boat finally docks. <laughs> like, <laughs> so many news stories about like people's fucking horror trip. Uh-huh. This is just that all over again, except you're on a train. There's not even any beautiful ocean out there. The Indian Pacific train travels from Sydney to Perth via Adelaide, crossing the Nullarbor Plain on its 4,352-kilometer journey. Norovirus infections are highly contagious and are a leading cause of gastroenteritis in Australia. The virus can cause vomiting, diarrhea, nausea, and a fever. Miss um, Thompson had been unable to get through to health authorities and does not know if they have counted her among the two passengers reported as requiring hospitalization. She boarded the train on September 11. Well, now she has her own personal 9-11. <laughs> uh, and fell ill during a stopover in the South Australian town of Harndorf the following day. Oh, I was throwing up everywhere, she said. It was vile. Miss Thompson had to be rushed to hospital and was given intravenous fluids after the illness triggered an irregular heartbeat. 
I was so lucky, she said. Our next stop was Cook on the Nullarbor Plain with a population of four. Oh, my God. After she was discharged from hospital, Miss Thompson stayed with her sister at a hotel in Adelaide where she also fell ill with gastro. (laughs) (laughs) We sat eating dried toast and watching television in our pyjamas. What a lovely holiday, she said. Miss Thompson is yet to receive a refund on the ticket cost of nearly $10,000 and was initially told that she had to pay a curtailment fee for abandoning the train during the stopover. Oh my goodness. Damn. Oh, a spokesperson for Great Southern Rail said it was still working through compensation options for affected guests on a case-by-case basis. The Indian Pacific remains in operation, but SA Health said it had the power to take the train off the tracks if the situation escalates. Oh, I've entirely changed my, <laughs> my opinion on this. This train rules now. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of funny now. and then saying, we actually want you to pay more. Oh, God, I hope they made it. We want you to pay more for what has happened to you here. This train is an ally. This train is part of the resistance now. Oh, welcome to the resistance. (laughs) The shitting train. train. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, welcome to the resistance shitting train, along with um, other notable figures of the resistance, like peach emoji sure hey you guys remember um chilling in cedar rapids yeah yeah you guys remember the cartoon of madonna and hillary twerking i remember the fight song oh fuck i forgot the fight song remember the fight song oh man i I do remember this you guys remember kate mckinnon dressing up as hillary and singing hallelujah I do. I certainly do. Hey, you guys remember how does your student loan make you feel replied three emojis or less? <laughs> yeah. That was a good one. Hey, you guys remember Broad City Yes Queen? I don't like to think about it. It hurts you me. Remember Donald Trump? <laughs> Donald Trump. Hey. What was the what was the book that the Krasenstein brothers made? The the how the people oh. plumped Ronald Trump? Yes, um, the one that that finished um, on uh, the Robert Mueller. Sorry, Robert Mueller. M- Mueller? Never, Mueller. Let's down. just call him Mueller. Like, Let's just do it. Like shirtless, muscled man. Yeah. Hey, you guys remember the SNL Hamilton Never Gonna Be President rap? <sighs> you guys remember pussy hats? Ah! <laughs> like vaginas. Hey, hey, you guys remember... Um, all of the, you know, policy um, changes that would, you know, materially affect p- people's lives that would, you know, provide debt relief and some semblance of sanity in the libertarian hellscape that the U.S. is rapidly becoming. I'm not I sure. I don't remember any of those, actually. No? Oh, okay. Well, you know, you're going to look like a damn idiot now because I've got a little article called How the Sexy Peach Emoji Joined the Resistance. Uh, <laughs> uh, but check it out If you want to understand how the peach emoji Has come to represent both the potential impeachment Of President Trump and a butt You must first look to the ancient Sumerians No, come on Oh, come on 
<laughs> Sorry, and I will say that this is from the Washington Post where, you know, democracy dies in darkness, which I think has gone from a warning uh, to a promise <laughs> <laughs> at this stage. Uh, it goes on. Cuneiform, their early system of writing, began as a series of pictograms and some characters represented multiple words or concepts. You're getting this? There could be multiple things represented. Hmm. Uh, but it could be tricky to represent something in the abstract, um, said some nerd. So the Sumerians would repurpose an existing pictogram that had resonance with the hard-to-illustrate concept. A modern-day equivalent would be using a picture of an eye to represent, quote-unquote, eye. You know, the, uh, yep, uh, a linguistic concept called the rebus principle. So far, so good. I think. I believe uh, that was invented by Prince. Mm. Hmm. It was. You know. <coughs> yeah. The singer Lizzo may not have known she was referencing six thousand years of the evolution of human language last week when she tweeted a message that has more than one hundred twenty thousand likes and helped take the peach from sexualized. To politicized. Fucking hell. And this is a tweet that says im, and then it's got the little peach emoji. Mm. Mint. Not sure. I, can you break it down a little? Yeah. Okay. So I'm not sure I, I think there's a little bit of a, um, a literature review in disguise at the top of this article. Mm-hmm. Just to gently introduce the concept that, um, you know, uh, words can also be be uh, represented as pictures and mm. or sometimes that overlap creates um, a synthesis between the visuals uh, the um, homophone or you know the, the sounds produced uh, and the meaning behind it and so what uh, what Lizzo has then tweeted and what this article uh, in the Washington Post uh, one of the most respected uh, news organizations in America mm. Uh, so she's tweeted um, Im and then the peach emoji mm-hmm. Mint She should have tweeted I'm orange Because he's the president And mm. he's orange That and would have been funnier to me damn orange Cheeto That would have made Cheeto me man. laugh personally mm. Um but the article goes on That's not what a peach emoji usually means What the fuck? <laughs> And if you didn't already know that, well, bless your heart. It means asses. Uh, designers have presented the emoji peach in slightly varying ways across digital platforms, but most show it with a rather well-defined crease. Oh. <laughs> mm. uh, in botany, this is called the sutra, and it gives droop fruits <laughs> a category that exists. Is this real? Are these Say real droop fruits. Droop fruits. Are you reading these words off the screen? <laughs> this is... This is an honest to God article, I promise you. Is this uh, some is this some kind of revenge for the articles I've been reading over the last couple of weeks? Absolutely. <laughs> oh god damn it. Uh and this includes peaches. This is the droop fruits. Uh includes peaches, plums, olives, a seam that can split to release its seed bearing pit. <sighs> but in internet culture, well, there's no delicate way to say this. That crease represents a butt crack. Oh, my goodness. What? <laughs> I'm not sure I'm ready to handle that type of thing. Yep. Um, so, uh, some other nerd goes on to say many of the findings that we're looking at, just <laughs> just findings in emojis. Just He's just got this big mm. pile of papers that he's, like, trying to find the results in. Uh, so, 
the emoji language is kind of following the same patterns that words do. Uh, so they'll pick up new meanings in the same way that words will. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Uh, so when House Speaker Nancy Pelosi initiated impeachment proceedings... Oh, hey, you guys remember Nancy Pelosi's... Um, quote-unquote, sarcastically clapping at Donald Trump, and then it turns out that she was actually just... Um, just applauding him? Just applauding clapping. him? Because mm. she sucks? She's queen. She's bae. Mm. Pro-impeachment Twitter users began making the connection between peaches and Article 1, Section 2, Clause 5 of the Constitution. So they had to go and edit the donuts out of their usernames. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, they finished uh, hassling a, a black woman for no particular reason. Now they're on to um, uh, this peach thing. Um, but this is where, sorry, this is where it really gets into the resistance stuff, and I think this is important. Um, like you know how uh, we're seeing the Extinction Rebellion uh, members being, uh, you know, arrested and subject to, um, you know, police manipulation and all this sort of stuff um, mm-hmm. with, uh, you know we saw some released I believe today or yesterday under bond circumstances that, that doesn't allow them to interact with other um, Extinction Rebellion members or talk about it or participate or anything like very yep. very fake, similar to fake bail conditions fake bail them. conditions um, very similar to you know how we used to treat um, communists and socialists um, and that sort of thing um, in much that same way in certain online circles the peach is becoming a protest emoji. A, a protest emoji. A promoji. Hmm. Much like how some use the rose emoji to signify that they are supporters of the Democratic Socialists of America. We don't do that anymore. It hmm. became too embarrassing. That's right. <laughs> hmm Uh... The 1995 song Peaches by the president by the band Presidents of the United States of America has suddenly become relevant again. Fuck. Uh, DC Ugh. bars put punny peach-flavored drinks on the menu. You've just Maureen googled Dowd. peaches. You've just <laughs> googled the word peaches. Um, but check this out, though. Maureen Dowd reinforced the connection in her September 27 column, impeaching the peach one. <sighs> Why is everything built in its design to make us as mad as possible? Why does you things have to be like this? Oh, does anyone does anyone have or, or remember that that tweet and can perhaps find it while I'm finishing this up um, about that guy that was like um, his mum saw Donald Trump on the TV and he's oh like, yeah. <laughs> I remember that. I remember right, that. All right, all you right. can too. You we'll see if too. we can dig that up. Um, sales of Trump-themed peach emoji stickers and pins have picked up in the last week uh, on uh, some lame dude. Um, he first designed the impeachment pins a year after the election uh, as a follow-up to another successful pin of his, which featured the poop emoji with the president's face. Damn, that'll get So, that's, I was going to say it's double meaning. There's really only one meeting there. He hasn't kind of tied it into some larger linguistic thing but it's that the uh the president of the united states donald trump is a huge poop head i believe that's Um, funny that's a good one he appreciated the multiple layers of meaning in the peach emoji uh the impeachment pun the color of the fruit evoking the president's tanned skin tone and the original slang meaning of the peach emoji it's like oh he has a butt face so it's like 
very intellectual, multi-layered high art, I like to think he joked. He's just having a laugh. He's just having a little... Just giggle. having a giggle. little giggle. Uh, and uh, so enamel pin culture is about having a visual marker for different aspects of your personality and your interests. And look, you can have cool enamel pins. You can have them, but I, I don't... I don't think this is one of them. Um, but linguistically, the peach emoji is an interesting case. So is it? <laughs> yeah, so basically, uh, while you're listening to this, you should actually have your chin in your hand and sort of like one leg up on a uh, you know, chair or something like that. And just, just thinking, um, doing your best the thinker pose. Um, because most of the secondary or double meaning uses of emojis don't have to do with the sound of the word. Um, but this seems to be the most prominent case of it being phonetically being used phonetically. Uh, and as for whether that meaning will last, well, that depends on the Democrats, the investigation, and how much the protest peach takes off. Does it depend on how much the protest peach takes off? I'd say so. I, th- I think basically the Republic is like, if you can imagine, um, the peach is like a fulcrum upon which... The Republic is carefully balanced. Hmm. I think it's truly that important. And certainly it helps if it's being used by someone like Lizzo, who seems to be fully embracing both meanings of the peach emoji. Uh, Two days after after a tweet, she posted an Instagram video from a concert. For those who don't know, let me spell it out for you, she said, as she turned around and bent over, wearing a gold bodysuit. Im, peach, and here she tapped her left butt cheek, Munt, she said, with a tap to the right. Thanks, Lizzo. I think I get it now. That's several hundred words from the Washington Post uh, based on... On on what an emoji is, what a peach is. On one tweet. Someone got paid money for this. And however much it was, it was too much. Mm-hmm. I know we say that every week, but someone is getting paid money to write these things, which are designed to make us angry. Now, um, I, I will segue from this, specifically the aspect of I'm, uh, I'm somehow like supporting you know, a political agenda or ideology by... Selling my enamel pins of a pinch of a, of a peach or a turd or whatever. Selling stuff is revolutionary. Selling stuff is praxis, um, so that people can signify to other people that they're mad about a thing without ever actually, you know, d- doing anything other than like doing a tweet or whatever. Uh, which brings us to maybe a, a quick whip around in the bad tweet roundup. It's the bad tweet roundup. <laughs> That's right, folks. Like I just said, it's the bad tweet roundup. Uh, because I saw this post earlier in the day from dear friend of the show, Tim, uh, and former guest of ours, aka Burgerdrome on Twitter, who saw this on Instagram Ugh. and posted it on his Twitter just to infuriate me. I'm looking at it and I don't like it. A screenshot of a lady holding a keep cup with uh, fill your cup with gratitude written on the keep cup. Uh, and she says in the post, 
Be part of the hashtag solution. Mental illness affects 20% of Australians every year. In Australia, we use over 1 billion takeaway coffee cups a year. Mm, I'm seeing the connection already. Yeah, like very, I'm, I'm drawing on a whiteboard, I'm drawing mm-hmm. mental illness and I put a big circle around it and then I walk over to the other side of the whiteboard and I put 1 billion takeaway coffee cups and I draw a big circle around that and now a line. Join the dots. Straight between Are the two. Are you joining them? A series of dots, I'm then joining the dots. Science proves that gratitude enriches mental health and improves our well-being. Big statement there. Do you want to just... My least favorite wellness concept. It makes me feel unhappy. (laughs) Now, look, I'm not... and, And I'm not discounting the idea that, like, you know... Like, the, what, the way I'm interpreting this, the, the gratitude thing, is to me just having some perspective about your life, you know? Is being able to look at your life, for example, as, as like, white people in Australia, uh, we can pretty safely say, we've got a very, very good, uh, in the context of living conditions in comparison to the rest of the world, um, living in a you know, stable democracy with a, with a healthcare system where if you get hurt, uh, you just get looked after. A lot of that sort of stuff. We suffer probably the least amount of discrimination of anybody in the world. Um, not if you look at our media, but generally speaking. So, you know, if you're, ever, if you're ever thinking to yourself, if you are like us, if you look and sound like us and you're ever thinking to yourself, oh, I've got it real bad. Uh, you, it's nothing wrong with taking a step back and saying, actually... My life's pretty good, you know. Of, right. of all the Starving places, starving kids in Africa have got it worse. Etc. Etc. You don't have to think like that. I'm sure it is actually very helpful. It's more of a like, just focusing on good things in your life, which makes sense. Well, not yeah, not even the just just focusing on good things. Purely being able to just take a step back at times and say, in the grand scheme of things, mm. um, I I am okay and I am safe and my life's going all right. And maybe this post online doesn't actually affect me that much. That kind of thing. This one does um, affect me. I maybe I don't need to do a ten-year right meltdown now. about something. Um, she goes on oh, this later. So, uh, whether or not you can say science proves that gratitude improves your well-being and enriches your mental health. Not sure about science that. proves it. One of my greatest tools in transcending a seven-year depression was cultivating a daily gratitude practice. Imagine, and here's a phrase that. Here's a phrase that is like an, an ice pick to the center of my brain. Imagine sparking brilliance to ordinary moments and reducing your carbon footprint. Mm-hmm. I would say right off the bat that the first half of this sentence does not mean anything. Uh, mm-hmm. Sparking brilliance to ordinary moments. The ordinary moment is buying your coffee and it feels mm-hmm. brilliant because you've got your keep cup. Well, sparking brilliance doesn't mean anything. And sparking brilliance to ordinary moments just isn't even remotely close to being a sentence. <laughs> but imagine that you could do that and reduce your carbon footprint at the same time. I'm imagining. You can do this with the eco-friendly gratitude cup. I'm stoked to announce that my online shop is up and running with a 10% off code daily gratitude. <laughs> Link in bio to join the hashtag gratitude revolution. Uh-huh. So it's pretty cool 
it's pretty cool when you think about it to consider that we do have this big problem with mental health. Also, I'm walking back over to the other side of the whiteboard, one billion takeaway coffee cups. Mm. And it's great. It's like a pretty wild coincidence that the solution to both of these issues is to give this lady some money. It makes sense, you know? That's Are pretty you cool. depressed, you carbon footprint piece of shit? All you need is my keep cup, which I'm giving you a 10% off. Not even a good, it's not even a good bargain. Not even a great discount. Um, I'm almost 1 billion percent sure that this is a drop shipped product that Mm -hmm. is being sourced from like a Bangladeshi factory somewhere. It looks like the ones I would get for every office job that I worked with their new logo on it. But she is practicing gratitude though. You give her the money and she's grateful grateful that you did. Mm. And and so by doing that, you get to um, have an impact on mental health in Australia by helping this one blonde white lady out with her gratitude practice that she's been doing for seven years. Um, so you get to help her. She gets to feel grateful to you. You get to feel grateful, presumably, that you are making a massive impact on um, the mental health of one 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 lady (laughs) yeah but i'm kind of i'm you know i'm joining the dots and it sounds like i'm gonna make a decent dent in those 20 percent of people who are affected by mental health now andrew i I do agree with you that um mental health is a massive issue but at the same time uh it is very funny to be the concept of someone curing their mental health issues uh by creating a gigantic scam (laughs) (laughs) like imagine if you know, Bernie Madoff. It was just like a radical act of self-care that he <laughs> defrauded yeah. billions of dollars away from people. I just did what felt good to me, you know? <laughs> self-care. I, the thing that's the best about this is you just know she's not selling these. No one's buying them and she's thought she's had some brilliant idea. She's designed this garbage gratitude keep cup that looks like shit. Doesn't even look good. It doesn't look good. It says fill Comic your cup Sans ass looking with gratitude. Bullshit. Should have made one that said like, it's got three lines on it. It says, shut up, don't speak. Now you may speak, you know? <laughs> if this cup is empty, why don't you fuck off or whatever? You know, sell a bunch more of those. Instead, she's gone with fill your cup with gratitude. She's selling absolutely none of these oh. except to her closest friends who fucking hate it, but they do it out of obligation. God damn. Don't talk to me until I've had my gratitude. (laughs) I hate it. It sucks so much. There's just so much of this grifting shit. And like, I I gotta say, as a person who, any any longer term listeners of the show will know that I'm a long time apologist for con artistry. And I I will just say, it either takes... um, enormous amounts of like self-deception or just staggering amounts of self-confidence to be able to come up with this write it all out and then post it in view of plenty of strangers to see to just say hey everybody i've got it i've got the solution to mental illness (laughs) i've got the solution to uh, a billion takeaway coffee cups a year Mm. and that's to buy something from my web store uh hey before we get out of here quick announcement folks 
Uh, speaking of, uh, I mean, hey, if you wanted to buy merch from a web store, you could always go to puntavista.com slash merchandise. You could certainly buy our merchandise. That would that would produce gratitude for sure. We would, It would enrich our mental health by supporting the show. Uh, but also, more importantly, if you want to, you can now call in to the Bunta Vista hotline on 1-800-317-515. That's right, folks. 1-800-317-515. Leave a message. Leave a message for the crew. You could ask a question. You could leave a comment. Maybe a casual death threat. Um, Please don't, don't leave do death us threats. death threats. Don't do Yikes. death threats. Come unless on. They're, unless they're hilarious. They've got to be really just... funny. They got to be really nowhere funny. near enough effort to cover my tracks as far as like who I am and where I live. So, so come on, make them really funny. That's what I'm saying. If they're going to be death threats, but ideally don't do death this? threats. Why have you got us this, Andrew? Uh, so yeah, uh, call in, leave a message uh, on the old Punta Vista hotline. Um, of course, by leaving a message, you will be consenting to having it played and or mocked on the show. So keep that in mind when you do it. Uh, but we're looking forward to hearing the wonderful lilting voices of you. So this is going to be like hot dogs listeners. up late. You guys remember hot dogs? <laughs> this means absolutely nothing to anyone outside of Australia. And also anybody like under the age of 30. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Fucking hell. Oh, my God. Deep I wonder cut. if you can even find like clips of that online. Oh, I hope so. Oh, fuck me. Oh, hot dogs up late. You absolutely can watch clips on YouTube of hot dogs up late. <laughs> hot dogs, of course, was a contestant on like the first series of Big Brother. He was, oh, on was it some that long kind ago? of Big Brother. Was it the first series? I don't know. Maybe. God damn. Why was his name Hot Dogs? He was you know? just called Hot Dogs and he was up late. That's all I know about the man. Oh, fucking hell. That'll be it you is. anyway when you call into us. You can tell us, <laughs> you will tell be. us your problems, leave us a question, leave us a compliment, say that we look nice today. That's true. You can do that one. It was actually the fifth. Tell us to smile more. It was the fifth <laughs> season of Big Brother Australia. Yeah, I God thought damn. it was, came in later. God almighty. Uh, so, you know, that number again for you folks. 1-800-317-515. Call in. Tell us how much you love us, etc., so on and so forth. Uh, if you would like to support the show and also get an extra episode every week, you can head on over to patreon.com forward slash Vista. Slap down your five bucks a month. Phone in. Leave us a message to let us know that you've done it because that'll probably make us feel good too. Uh, so until next week, Thanks for sticking around. And oh, finally, the train is pulling in to the next stop, and we oh, can all God. get off and take a shit at the nearest McDonald's. Woo! Hmm. Woo. Thanks, everybody. One bathroom. Cheers. Bye. 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 Talking to my 82 year old mum about all the news of Trump, she interrupted me and said, Hoss. The only way I can stomach to watch that pre-death bloated mango Mussolini on the news is with my resting bitch face applied and a glass of wine at the ready. Holy with the shit balls.